The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary, the podcast about tending the soul of women, sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Arlia. I'm thrilled to be back with you today. Um, This is the Women's Sanctuary. And it's designed to be a safe, holy space where women can gather, share their stories, um, their stories of transformation and how they do their work in the world. Um, We also talk about caring for the body and soul and just living, um, living the most authentic life we can. So welcome. Um, My guest today is something I had, I've been talking about and I promised was coming. Um, It's a, long-standing friend of mine, uh, Stacy Shulman, and um, we met years ago, and she was, uh, we were at, you were at a fair, a holiday fair, um, talking about your yoga work, and I just was immediately drawn to the work that she does, um, and then we, we had a, we had a, recorded conversation which I, I have no idea whatever happened to that but <laughs> it was it was a great conversation about uh about yoga um and i've followed her ever since and i feel like you know if i were a, yo- a yogini uh like a uh a yoga teacher I, you know she and i would just be like totally in the same space as it is we're just in kind of you know sister spaces if you will um and so let me introduce you to her um stacy beth shulman is a certified yoga teacher. She's a gentle activist, subtle disruptor, intuitive creatrix, and deep sea diver, meaning S-E-E. She, she uses her superpowers of compassionate intimacy to create brave spaces for people of all shapes, sizes, abilities, and genders to experience joyful movement, restful stillness, and attuned eating with pleasure and delight. I mean, I'm all over that. A native <laughs> of Atlanta, Stacy enjoys art, music, cooking, and reading. And um, her website is curvyyogini.com. And we'll, we'll say more about that as the show goes on. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, Arlia. I'm so glad to be here. Thrilled to have you. As yeah. I was just telling you, um, uh, we reconnected just recently because you you posted about something that a new piece of your work or an expanding uh-huh. piece of your work, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm like again, you know, our work is in parallel because I um I, I've always kind of personally been into like mindful or conscious eating or careful eating or just watching my physical well being, um. But in the last year, gotten really more present with it and um, focused on it. And it's becoming, it's kind of taking over my life. Just the sense of, you know, how can I be the healthiest, the most aligned with my body and and what it wants and its own native wisdom. Mm -hmm. And um, At that point, you were talking something about body trust certification and be Mm -hmm. nourished and diet culture. So I thought this was a great opportunity for us to get together and find out, you know, what you're doing and Mm -hmm. and your perspectives and have a conversation for people who for whom this is important to share some ideas. 
So tell me sure. what you're up to. Oh my gosh. What am I up to? I'm up to so many different things. It's always something new, I think. But um, yeah, when um, I think that Facebook post was about um, divesting from diet culture mm-hmm. and the um, the intersections of diet culture and um, really so many other aspects of our lives, how diet culture is really insidious and weaves its way into um, it, into so many things. And so, um, yeah, so I did a training with, um, with two women who, um, Dana and Hillary, who um, were at the time, um, their organization was called Be Nourished. And um, now it is the Center for Body Trust. Mm, And the training, yeah, the training was called Body Trust Certification. And really, um, I think the nutshell of all of this is that um, our culture teaches us not to trust our bodies, Mm, right? And we can even take that to, you know, the political, right? That our government doesn't trust us to make decisions for our bodies, right? So, um, and that's so relevant right now. Yeah. And what attuned eating really is, is learning to trust your body's hungers, your body's desires, um, and to, to follow those cues and it, as best as you can, because attuned eating also acknowledges that sometimes what the body, you know, what we really want to eat is not readily available for various and sundry reasons, mm-hmm. whether it's financially not available, mm-hmm. whether it's geographically not available, um, you know, whether just from a standpoint of time, it's not available, you know? Um, so then we learn to do the best we can with what we have. So it's really taking away a lot of the judgment um, around food, um, particularly as it relates to things like healthy food versus unhealthy food, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, um, you know, all of the, um, the privilege that comes with all of that, right? Yeah. Um, and you also have to look at it from the perspective of, you know, of culture and society. What does your culture say is delicious? What does your culture say is nourishing? What does your culture, hello, cat. Um what does your culture say is, you know, traditional food that may or may not be, um, you, you know, a choice that someone else would make, you know, again, for a lot of different reasons. So, um, so yeah, so I am using, so what I'm offering folks is, um, is a is a coaching based on the ideas of body trust combined with um, yoga philosophy and um, mm-hmm. a little dose of twelve step thrown in there, you know, just because. Um, and um, and it's really been a wonderful experience to work with folks. Mm-hmm. So, how did? I mean, obviously you had a draw mm-hmm. to that. Has it, how has it informed your personal, the personal way that you approach food? I will tell you that um, it's completely changed the way that I look at food mm-hmm. and the way that I experience food. But it's not, this is not a program that you, that you do. It's not a book that you read and questions that you answer. And then you just, you've graduated, yeah. right? It's something that, um, that I flow into and I flow out of. Mm. And as long as I can treat myself with compassion around that, um, and that's what I've learned to do. That's, that's the other piece of this is that I learned self-compassion and 
so that when I, um, when I do flow out, I, I can observe myself with compassion. And as such, that allows me to flow back in. Mm-hmm. Diet culture is insidious, right? Mm-hmm. And unless I'm living under a rock with, um, unless I'm living under a rock, there's just going to be um, no place that's really safe, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always going to be swimming upstream against this idea that keeps getting, you know, that keeps popping up. Right. And so, um, so again, it's, you know, I learn patience and I learn compassion as I, you know, sometimes I'm in it, right. I am way in it. And that's the goal is to be way in it, you know, but then sometimes I'm out of it and that's okay too. You know, that's okay too. Would you, um, so I, it sounds like you would define being in it as being attuned to what your body wants and being able to provide that for it. And then being out of it, out of attunement, maybe might be defined as eating what's convenient or being pulled in by the culture telling you this is something you want and it may not actually be what your body wants. Is that what you're saying? So, yes. So being, um, being in it really is being attuned, right? Being in in the moment, um, being able to understand what my body um, is asking for and being able to to fulfill that need, right? So being out of it is more about um, being in self-doubt, right? Um, I like chocolate, right? Uh, most, uh, I don't want to say most people, a lot of people, a lot of people like chocolate, right? Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's attached to chocolate, mm-hmm. right? If we think about that piece of chocolate, a piece of chocolate is, can be so many things. It can be um, delight. It can be um, a celebration. Mm-hmm. It can be a reward, you know? And those are just a few of the things that it can be, right? It can be a flavor I really, really want. Um, and that chocolate can be, um, self-destruction, mm-hmm. right? It can be, um, um, what else, you know, it can be all kinds of neg. you know, it can be, um, self-destruction. It can be, um, negative. It can be punishment, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of things that that chocolate can be. And so being attuned to the chocolate is saying, hey, this is something that I want. I'm going to eat, you know, I'm going to to eat an amount that's satisfying to me and then move on. Mm-hmm. If I'm out of attunement, it's, you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm feeling rebellious. I'm feeling bad. I'm going to eat some chocolate, you know, yeah. um, make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm being bad today. I'm going to have a piece of chocolate cake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that kind yeah. of belief system yeah exactly exactly Ooh, that takes that takes some work i mean i because i've been there but it takes it takes a lot of work to get to that place where you under you can see the you can see the cultural overlays but you can mm-hmm. also sense what's true for your body and right. make that choice and then know why you're making the choice <laughs> that's exactly a lot there exactly and it really does like it it um you know, it goes beyond just like being bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the whole, you know, I'm, be, I'm making an, a healthy choice. I'm making right. an unhealthy choice, you know, things like that. And how, um, how the idea of, of health being this sort of mortal, uh, mortal, moral thing, right. Mm-hmm. That, um, that, Diet culture wants us to believe that, you know, if we're healthy, then we're morally superior, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And what does healthy look like? Well, healthy looks like thin and it looks like fit and it looks like, you know, a diet of only, you know, vegetables and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe some meat and, you know, like it's taking for me, attunement is taking the moral judgment out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And allowing food to be 
all the things that it can be besides calories in, calories out. Because mm-hmm. if it was just calories in, calories out, it would be a whole different ballgame. Yeah. It yeah. would be like, what kind of gas are you putting in your car? It would be that simple of a... <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. And think about it. There's different cars that take different kinds of gasoline. Some cars take diesel. Some cars take unleaded. Some cars take. They're the cars that are, quote, better because they're electric. I mean, you know. exactly. Exactly. Some cars don't even take gas. Right. Yeah. You know, and so, like, even that, you know, we have to, even cars, there's no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And, but diet culture wants us to think that there is one size that fits everybody and that there's one body type, literally that fits everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, um, you know, and so that's what I work so hard to divest from. Yeah. That's, that's what I love because that's what have been one of my biggest lessons in the last year is I've definitely been in the diet culture and yet having to like figure out where the stories are that aren't true for me and peeling back the, the, the moral judgments of that. But then I think the biggest piece for me has been realizing that the culture is, you know, it's the water we're swimming in. So it's so pervasive that we don't even realize that, Maybe most of what we're eating is because we've been told it's either good for you or yummy and you deserve it, whatever the story is, or if it's, Mm -hmm. quote, bad for you and you shouldn't be eating it, but you know, you can just... You can yeah. sneak. You can sneak some in here and there, and do like all that, all that crap. Yeah. Um, about it, all the moral judgment is is so pervasive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I I uh, I just posted an episode last week, and I I've been threatening to do this. I haven't quite done it yet, but I'm going to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend an episode on potatoes because yeah. it, it occurred to me how how pervasive in our culture, at least in the American culture, Western culture is potatoes. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. what is Thanksgiving without mashed potatoes or what kind of person are you if you don't eat French fries? I mean, like all of that, Yeah, because it's, it's, if you're American, that's what you do. You eat potatoes. So there's just one little example to me of, um, that I've had to, to work with of, of getting back to, yeah, but what does my body want? Right. Right, right. What does my body want? And sometimes and my body I, wants potatoes. Yeah. And just because I want it or don't want it means nothing about anybody else's journey. Right. Right. Just because I choose it or don't choose it, you know, realistically speaking, you know, it's nobody's business what I'm eating or not eating. Uh-huh. But yeah, you know, but I get calls on the regs from my insurance company that wants me to my health insurance company that wants me to sign up for their health coaching. Mm. Well, what is their health coaching going to do? Well, that allows my insurance company to monitor my eating habits through their, through their health coaching. And so then they can decide, you know, that gives them even more information to decide how much they want to charge me for insurance because oh my god exactly or what they'll pay for because oh my gosh she ate potatoes yeah Yeah. Mm. i mean you know oh yeah there are so many places we could go with that particularly in the in the current climate exactly and it all goes back to trust Trusting that I can, that I can feed myself, Mm. that I can care for myself, that I can, if I am responsible for other people, that I can care for them. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I call it trusting the, the innate intelligence of the body. Mm -hmm. And so then Mm -hmm. the work becomes really as you say, beginning attuned to that, knowing, mm-hmm. understanding it. And then, and then the other piece is the compassion to just flow in and out of that attunement. I love that. 
love yeah, that. and to do the best you can with what you have, because again, not everybody has the same resources, mm-hmm. and it's really important to honor that. A lot of people think that intuitive eating is, you know, just like a free for all. Eat whatever you want, whenever you want to. You know, if you want, you know, if if, if you want it, just eat it. You know, well, not everybody has that security. Yeah. Right. And, and safety and privilege to just, you know, eat what they want, when they want, when, you know, wherever, whenever they want to. I'm grateful that I have a lot of privilege, you know, to do, to, to, to do that. But I also have to acknowledge that again, that not everybody does. So does that limit what I eat? It doesn't necessarily limit what I eat, but what, you know, but there's things that I do, like I make regular donations to the food bank Mm -hmm. and I, you know, um, I bring food to the free 99 fridge and, you know, so, and I, I don't do it, you know, uh, what don't I do? I don't do it because it's, um, um, you know, for, again, for any sort of moral superiority, I do it because that's a way that I balance out the fact that I have, I have the ability to pretty much get what I want when I want it. And I acknowledge that not everybody else does have that ability. Yeah. Yeah. We could, we could spend the rest of our lifetimes talking how to, about how to, you know, fix that, fix the food deserts and the, and make, (sighs) make, you know, all sorts of foods available to everybody who wants it. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's let's um, let's shift gears a little bit and talk more about sure. about your journey. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about how you got here, how you got to this point in life, and and your your path. Oh wow! Um, so I grew up um, in a pretty traditional family with a mom and a dad, and um, a younger brother in a fairly mainstream. Um, not dominant religious culture, but um, but one that's readily recognizable, and um, and it food was just always food is threaded through um, my religious culture, mm. my you know my upbringing. It just you know food was so many different things, and it was really super confusing. Um, my mom took me, my mom was a Weight Watchers person, um, and was very conscious of her body and her weight and, um, was very concerned that my body wouldn't, um, wouldn't be of the standard that she would have liked. Right? Oh, my mom too. <laughs> I recognize so, that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, and literally right out of the gate in my baby book, um the the um one of the questions in my baby book was, you know, what was the first thing you thought of when you saw your new baby? And my mom's response that she wrote was chubby but cute. And I was just like, oh. whoa. Wow. You know, like right out of the gate, she is concerned about the size of my body. I'm like, I'm a newborn, right? I should have a little extra on me, (laughs) you know? And, um, and so, but that was, you know, that was what was threaded through my life Mm -hmm. was that, you know, that idea that, um, I could always be better, can always be thinner, you know, what do we need to do for that. And, you know, there was a lot of rationalizing around food. So food was, um, food was nutritious, but it was also, um, there just was so much enmeshment, right? Like, um, how can you be hungry? I'm not hungry. 
you know, it was like, well, but I am, you know, so that was all those messages that I got very early on about, um, how, you know, is this food really worth eating mm-hmm. here? Let me, let me tell you, oh, I don't think it's worth eating. You really shouldn't eat it either. You know, those kinds of things. I didn't have a lot of autonomy around food. Um, and, um, you know, and bless my mom's heart, you know, she was doing the best she could. And it was her desire to instill in me, you know, the values that she thought were really important. And those values were, you know, based on the way that you looked so that you looked attractive to men so that you would get married and you would have beautiful children and she would be a beautiful grandmother and you know, yeah, the things. whole story. Yeah. Right. The whole story. Right. And, um, hilariously enough, none of that happened for me <laughs> and I'm super happy in my life. Um, but, um, but it took a long time to get here and all of that, is to say that what I really got out of all of that message was self-doubt, right? I just, I grew up doubting myself and doubting my choices. And it took, um, it took a long time for me to um, come around to the fact that I own my body and I can make choices for myself. And the way that it all came about really was um, was finding my yoga mat and finding my yoga practice, which taught me to um, trust that my body could hold itself up. Mm. There were particular poses. Um, one of them, uh, Warrior One, which is... Um, a standing lunge pose. So I may have my left foot forward and my right foot back. I might bend my left knee and put a lot of weight through my left foot and then raise one or both arms, right? That's warrior. That's a synopsis of warrior one, if you're not familiar. Um, And to do that, to feel my body hold me up was a really important lesson for me to learn that I can trust Mm. that when I put my foot forward, when I step forward, that I've got my own back, right? That I'm not falling over. Um, You know, I may wobble and I could fall over, but it would be okay, you know, or I could choose to stand next to the wall or use a chair for support, things like that. Yoga was one of the first things that brought me into my body. <clears throat> then um, another piece of it for me was um, to get into 12 steps and particularly to get into Al-Anon. Mm. Um, because the isms that I grew up with, not, you know, I don't want to point any particular person out because that's not nice and it's not fair. Um, but the isms that I grew up around, right? And the isms that are present in our culture, particularly, you know, if nothing else but perfectionism yeah. is yeah. such an ism, right? And it's such a symptom of, of you know, where we are, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so learning through the 12 steps, through Al-Anon to let go of perfectionism, you know? Um, and to take the easier, the slower, easier road um, was really, really helpful. And then once I kind of got my bearings about myself, then I could really look into where, you know, where is all this coming from, right? Like what's the biggest knot I can untangle? And the biggest knot that I felt like I could untangle was the my relationship to food mm-hmm. and how food, how I used food to either boost my mood or calm myself down um, or, um, you know, various and sundry other things, right? How 
I related to food. So I just started doing a lot of research and reading a lot of books. And I don't know how I stumbled upon, um, at the time, Be Nourished, but um, poof, there it was. (laughs) And I was like, these people are talking about what I've been talking about for a long time, only they're talking about it even more and even more deeply and even more wide ranging. And so it was so exciting to um to read their website and to 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 eventually become involved in such a way that I could do the training and do the work and be able to share it with other people. So that's kind of my story. <laughs> uh that's beautiful. I mean that is that is such deep work. You know, as yeah. someone pointed out recently, you can walk away from some addictive substances, but you always got to eat. Exactly. And and so that relationship is always there. (laughs) Right. Right. There's some things that, you know, like I don't need alcohol, whether I drink alcohol or not. That's not my issue. That's not the issue. Right. It's, you know, it's not going to, it's not something that sustains me, Mm -hmm. but food sustains me and it gets really tangled when we think about sustenance and nurturing and you know and and balance and all the other things yeah yeah you talked about self-doubt a lot how do you work Mm -hmm. with self-doubt um how do i work with self-doubt ah (laughs) i feel it and um and i really have to talk myself through it Mm. I've I'm pretty good at coaching myself and a lot of times it's talking myself through it I'm not a great journaler I've never been a big writer I don't blog too much I always aim to blog right everyone should have a blog (laughs) but but I think in pictures and um, so writing is a little bit more difficult Um, but I do, I talk it out. I talk it out with other people. Sometimes I just have to talk it out in my own head. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I work it out with a collage. Um, and it's largely going back to my spiritual practice, which is the 12 steps, Mm. which teaches me about, um, trusting trusting the universe mm-hmm. you know trusting that the universe has my back oh i've been doing a lot of that work lately too yeah yeah um elizabeth gilbert was on um the glennon doyle podcast recently i love Talk- her <laughs> love her too she had been she had been absent for a while you know doing her own work and was talking about getting back into the 12-step programs. And I loved what she said. She was talking about 12 steps. And she said mm-hmm. she really had to redefine her relationship with her higher power. Mm-hmm. And it was very complicated and enta- enmeshed and entangled in all her, you know, her upbringing. But I loved mm-hmm. what she said. And she said, the God of my understanding is not the God of your father's. Right. She had to right. create... I think she asked her sponsor, how do I create a, a, a God in an image? I can, I don't know if I can or, or something about what, mm-hmm. if I feel like I have the right to create God in an image that works for me. And she was, mm-hmm. she was told you have to, mm-hmm. in order for, yeah. for you to be able to relate to something, it's gotta be something that, that, that is in your own imagination and your own creation in order to put a face on the, on this, you know, creative force in the universe. And yeah. that was really helpful for me because I, similar to you, I was raised in a, in an ism mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with a whole set of beliefs and a whole set of pictures about, you know, what, what the creative force that sustains us is or isn't. Mm-hmm. And so to, to cut that, that actually was, has been part of my journey in the last year is like, there's gotta be something. Yes. Yes. I am relying on the wisdom in my own body, but then there's also this, this force that, that supports, sustains and, and, and 
inspires me, right? And and to be able mm-hmm. to to create a, a a relationship with that in a way that in in an image that is useful, yeah, for me is important. Yeah. Well, I used to think that there wasn't enough God to go around, you know. Ooh. And um, that God was sort of this Woody Allen character up in the sky in an office, you know. Well, that's already problematic. With, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Woody you Allen. know, but um, piled high with, you know, books and papers and, mm-hmm. you know, and there's computers everywhere and, and God can't, you so know, he turn. was too busy. Yeah, he was too busy. God was too busy. And when horrible, tragic things happened, it was because God just had his back turned, right? Mm-hmm. And couldn't reach the computer, couldn't reach that computer fast enough. And oops, you know. And um, I've learned since that um, for me, God is not a person, but God is, um, is in, is what I call blue, benevolent, loving, universal entity. Mm. And so when I see the blue sky, that's God. And when I see the blue ocean, that's God. And when I see, you know, when I hear um, the birds singing, that's God. And it's so hilarious to me that I am, God is so much in nature because I'm so indoorsy. Like, I don't, not a nature you know, girl. <laughs> I am no, like you know, there has to be a bathroom within 50 feet of me at all times, right? You know? Um, and I prefer air conditioning and you know, um, <laughs> all of that. And um and so yeah, you know, so um so it's it, but that's who God is for me. And when I can lean back on the universe and know that whatever choice I'm making is made with the um, with the support of this benevolent, loving, unlimited entity, mm-hmm. whatever choice it is, whether it's a carrot or a candy bar, in that moment, it's the right choice. I love that. Yeah. Thanks. Because the benevolent, loving, unlimited, unlimited entity, entity I would argue probably doesn't care which one you're eating. Right. Right. The benevolent, loving, unlimited entity only wants that I'm satisfied and that I'm safe and that, you know, hungry to me feels very unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so to be, to be satisfied, to not feel hunger you know, and there's also different kinds of satisfaction, right? Oh, yes. There's, you know, I can have eaten a meal that was satisfying because it was all the flavors that I wanted, right? It was all the textures and the flavors and in the right place where I didn't have distractions and, you know, and whatever. It was, you know, it was the perfect meal or it was whatever I could, you know, grab and, you know, and eat just so I'm not hungry, mm-hmm. right? There's like those two ends of the spectrum. And then there's everything in between. Yeah. I want to come back to the attuned eating. What is it? Can you offer something to help to help our listeners f- begin to practice that? So how would they find, mm-hmm. begin to practice what it means to be attuned and aligned with in their eating attuned eating sure you call it yeah so um really to me what it all comes down to is interoception and i isn't that a crazy word like i that's a new one you'll have to yeah so interoception sure i n t e r o c e p t i o n interoception there will be a test later yes is um, decisions we make based on what it feels like inside our body. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of, our culture is very exteroceptive. Mm-hmm. Exteroception is decisions that are made based on um, cues outside of the body, right? And in other words, 
triggers. Mm-hmm. So, but one of my favorite exteroception um, illustrations is, um, you know, when you go to the movie theater and you walk in and the first thing you smell is popcorn and you hear it, yes. <laughs> right? I it's mean... like popping and already you're imagining like the butter and the salt and it doesn't matter if you are. Okay. I'm already um, having a moment here. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like you're already having a moment, right? Um, you know, or you're driving down the street. Uh, my mom's favorite was um, hot donuts now from oh, um, yeah. Krispy Kreme. Yep. And you're driving down the street and the hot sign is on. And then on. suddenly you're like mm. smelling it and you're like, you know, crossing four lanes of traffic because you've got to get there, right? Yep. That's exteroception. So interoception is feeling is noticing what we feel like inside on the inside and making decisions based on that. And that would be, that's a really hard thing to grasp. Oh, it is. But it is my, hard. yeah, my suggestion is to check in with your body, you know, and what is your body feeling? So is your body feeling and, and, you can even go through a list of like, um, cause I'm the worst at like, where do you want to go for dinner or what do you want to have for lunch? I don't know. What do you want? Where do you want to go? Oh, right. Like yes. it's always oh, that, that decision. Like, really? Do I have to really? decide? Right. Like, like I have to feed myself. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, but so you go through the list and you think about, okay, well, do I want something crispy or do I want something soft? Do I want something hot or do I want something cold? You know, even like that would be, even that takes us to a place of interoception, mm-hmm. right? Where we first feel, oh, you know, I feel hungry. Well, what does it feel like when you feel hungry? Um, and then, um, you know, once you establish, okay, I'm hungry, then is it, do I want something sweet? Do I want something salty? You know, is it, you know, how much time do I have to eat? You know, what's, if I have a long time, do I have, am I hungry? You know, if if I have a long stretch of time to cook, is it that I'm like so hungry that I can, that I can't wait for, you know, the chicken to be done? Do I need to go out and find some chicken someplace else? You know, do I need to, oh, look, there's tuna fish. That's really easy to open and make really quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it, it, so yeah, so going back to what it is that your bot what what you're feeling in your body, and then maybe what is it that you are are really craving, you know, without you know without attaching a story, mm-hmm. and that's a really hard thing to do, but if you can try and do it, even just like a little bit, right, every little bit. It's like a, like stringing a pearl every time you, you know, have one of these experiences, you put a pearl on your, on your necklace. And eventually you go from one pearl to, you know, to a full pearl necklace. Mm, Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a baby muscle beginning to exercise that, that muscle and and strengthen it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what happens if we drop a pearl? It's okay. Yeah. You, pick how up, we, you know, how do we exercise that self-compassion? You come back to the fact that we are all human. Mm. Again, it's not calories in calories out. Um, we're not, um, we're not robots, right? We're human beings. And in that we, you know, we are being and part of being means that sometimes we're going to do it quote unquote right. And sometimes we're going to do it quote unquote wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's coming back around to that benevolent, loving, unlimited entity who doesn't see things in that black and white. Yeah. You know, it's coming back to the present 
moment and saying, I did the best I could with what I had. Uh Yeah. That's absolutely true. Having that kind of self-compassion looking back, because I I have that same thought about the years I was not eating and in attunement with my body, but I Mm -hmm. did the best I could with the information I had at the time. Yeah. But I also wanted to add, I kind of wanted to talk about what's the, what's the reward? What's the payoff for that, that level of work? For me, it becomes, um, this feeling of more oneness with my body, more oneness with my entire Mm -hmm. being, that, that sense of autonomy and strength that like, Yes, there's a lot out there that's telling me what I can and should be doing, but I have a firmer hold on what I know of myself, and that feels really good to to mm-hmm. be to learn to become more deeply attuned to myself and know usually from one moment to the next what is actually you know best for my body and what mm-hmm. I want. Yeah, the reward is really self-possession. It's mm-hmm. really, you know, um, it's it's a sense of of feeling comfortable in my skin. And mm-hmm. that is so important to me. Yeah. Because growing up, I never I really can't remember a time that I felt fully comfortable in my skin. Mm-hmm. You know, freedom from self-judgment is yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, there's a bumper sticker that non-judgment day is near. I love that. And yeah, I, love I love that. that. Yeah. You know, because it's it's really it's it's freedom from feeling judged by myself mm-hmm. and by everybody else. Yeah. And that's really to be exactly who I am in my body as it is in the moment. There's nothing more wonderful to me. There's nothing more rewarding than that. I agree. You know? I agree. To be at home with yourself. Yeah. 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 There's a, um, oh gosh. Uh, Dr. Maya Angelou, there's a beautiful quote that I long just as everyone else does to be at home in my body mm. and to be at, you know, wherever I am. And, um, and that to me is, is what it's all about, you know, to give myself that gift is priceless. Absolutely. I was just reminded of that poem I have somewhere about, you know, the world will be saying, and it's not about food, but it's in general, mm-hmm. the world will be saying, go here and do this and do this. And then, you know, but really it's coming back home and saying, coming back at home to your heart and saying, I'm here, mm-hmm. but what's here? Yeah. And I think, you know, that's just it's, what we're talking about is another aspect of, of really being, uh, as you said, self-possessed, mm-hmm. being yeah. aware, being in tune with yourself and, and uh, finding that path, knowing how to get back home to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing is more, it, it, you know, for me, it's a sense of relaxation, mm. right? That I'm not struggling, that I'm, I'm able to, to soften. And that softness is just, you know, to me, that softness is, is everything. We live in a world that's so hard. Yeah. You know? That's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love and self-compassion for yourself and being able to be soft. That's all. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's so juicy to me. That's, that's, that's a yearning of mine for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Stacy, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. You have oh. so much other work to offer that we didn't get to, but <laughs> but this was what was really you know burning for me to to talk about. Absolutely, thank you. What um you know, if people want to know more about about how you work with people, yeah. either through yoga and in body mm-hmm. practice and food, all of mm-hmm. all of the above. Sometimes yeah. all at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in sure. touch with you. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on the web at www.curvyyogini.com. So that's C-U-R-V-Y-Y-O-G-I-N-I.com. Um, and there you'll get an idea of what I offer. Um, and I work with folks in person. I also work with folks online. So if you are... Um, someplace other than where I am in Atlanta, you are welcome to um, to connect with me online in the um, in the virtual world. Um, I also let's see how else can you reach me? You can also find me on Instagram. I'm at Curvy Yogini, so I'm there, and I am Stacy Beth Shulman, um, S H U L M A N, on Facebook. So, and I'm open to folks friending me on Facebook. So, yeah. Perfect. And that's actually where um, this conversation started. So, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, sometimes you are frequently the bright spot in my day if I check in on Facebook because oh. you've got a, a great little, you know, Buddha doodle or meme or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, remind. It's you know, sometimes a reminder of self compassion, or just to yeah. kind of laugh at the world, or laugh at ourselves, and and, yeah. and have self compassion. Mm. So I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. Well, this has been absolutely lovely, and I think that there is plenty more that we can talk about. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, we yeah. will we'll come back to this in the future for sure. Thank you sure. so much. Thank you. Um, join us next time. Um, we'll dish to hear um, more women sharing their stories. We're going to continue this conversation with other guests around um, self-compassion and um, living in alignment with your body. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps people find us and helps our guests. Um, For Stacey Beth and myself, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Arlia Hoffman, and this has been the Women's Sanctuary. We'll see you next time. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.